entering the DGTC. Are you ready for a deep dive? And Jordan did most of the crap. Can't believe I said that. I've been doing this since 2008. What the fuck do I know? Drawing cans is like kryptonite. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's different. Uh, loading up elbow logos. Yeah, uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> Welcome to the DGDC, a united team of design professionals creatively bound to bring unique inspiration and uncommon perspectives. You can email us listener questions or topic ideas to hello at dgdcpod.com or check out our website, dgdcpod.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at dgdcpod. Plus now you can join in on the conversation. We have a Facebook group. Just pop onto our website and hit the community tab at the top. Now, on with the show. What's up, everybody? We're back for another great episode. Uh, my name is Nick Longo. We haven't introduced ourselves in quite a while. Who else do we got <laughs> here, Miguel? Not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We used to say where we were from and everything. Uh, and, then I, and then I always wondered if the listeners was like, I know, I know. Just get to the topic. To Let, <laughs> let's give them a refresher. I'm Nick Longo from Los Angeles. I'm Miguel Morrison from the Seattle area. And I'm Jordan Wilson from Portland, Oregon. There we go. Official <laughs> hello. Speaks this up. is we should this is a good time to probably do it. I we have gained some great new followers. We've seen a lot of you guys signing up. Thanks to I think both Bill and Dan's episodes. Um, so nice to see some new uh, faces both on Instagram and on the analytics of the podcast. Um, so welcome. Glad you guys are back. Um, we are having a, this is kind of our favorite ones to do we, where we just roundtable it on a great topic and talk. Um, but before we get into that, uh, how's everybody doing otherwise with work and, and life and balance and all that fun stuff? Mikkel, doing well? Let me just <laughs> tap into what Jordan was sharing before we started recording, which is he's in Swampville and I am too. It's, yeah, it's better to be in Swampville than not, but man, it's, I'm like, I think I've shared this with you guys before. I'm in design panels in my sleep. I'm not sleeping from like three to five. The alarm goes off just after. It's so frustrating. Mm. Oh. That's when it gets consuming and a little unhealthy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not bragging about that. Yeah, I think there's like that 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 sort of gray area of like, oh, I'm really busy. And like, that sounds great. But it's also like, it's also not great for like my health and well-being yeah. at the time, right? It's like I that know. weird balance of, yes, I'm not slow or bored, but also it's just nonstop. Like I can't, you know, I, you, you end up taking so much work on where you sort of deal with the repercussions. And I do that so goddamn often. It's just, it, it's my downside of freelance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oakley said last weekend, Mom, we should hang out or something yeah. like that. And I was like, oh. <laughs> There's a sign. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know, right? Like, gosh, it, it takes something on the outside world to kind of make you realize where maybe you're at and yeah. how much you've said yes to. I think, too, like one thing I did do that was quite successful um, was with this same idea. I love Swampville. That's, that's going to be our new catchphrase here. Um, totally in there as well. Uh, some old projects that were like on pause came back and then new stuff. Like you say, thank God, you know, websites working, something's referrals are working, but a few came my way. And I took the advice of someone that told us a long time ago that if you get this red flag from something at the very beginning, from a new, you know, uh, Mm. thing, but you really, you might be able to squeeze it in, but there's a little red flag about this person or the person that you're talking to just double your estimate. And that way, in case it happens, 
you're, you're somewhat right. covered. That's worth it. No, that's and right. Boy, did I doubled it and must have scared them away because I got two ghostings last week, and I was kind of like, I'm okay without that, you know? Yeah. Well, those are those moments where it's like you're ever thinking about increasing your rates. Like that's the time to do it when you can. Ooh, you don't yes. need the work, right? It's always those. And then when you get it, it's like I'll make this happen. It's now valuable. It's not going to drive me crazy because there's at least yeah. some balancing act towards it. Uh, it also just like these sort of circumstances, like it makes me fantasize having. And this maybe is like a fun segue to what we're about to talk about. Just like having people to help the other stuff besides the creative, right? Like yeah. I, I long for a project manager that I could just like team up with and they could handle this kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, onboarding, offboarding, it all that kind of stuff. It takes a certain you know. personality. It's so true. It does. Yeah. It's, got, it's not really my jam either. I just. I know. It just takes so much time. Like it takes more time yeah. than the creative. And it's like, it's hard for me to like just jump in and make a design. Like I usually have to get into that headspace in some form, which takes like, you know, ramping up and. If I'm, you know, always getting pulled out from emails or just like client relations or pitching and decks right. or like sending over invoicing, all that stuff, like it just keeps taking me out of it, which is, yeah. you know, juggling that is super tough. I, I guess you could say the first sign of that is of knowing you need one is when you have a fictitious one. I've used this a few times over the last few <laughs> weeks where I said my project manager uh, will get back to you. Like I used it because I was like. Oh my God, I have to remove myself as that person because I almost wanted a scapegoat. Like, you know, do you name, does it, do they have a name? No, nothing yet. Okay. I've left it very, very. It just keeps building to like you on a phone call yes. with like a fake I'm accent. I'm forming this that's persona hilarious. right now. You know, I'm sure it might be Peggy. That. It might be Peggy because that's always a great one. But um, also, too, I've used it in a way where, uh, same way I use it for like my, uh, when we're doing a contract or something and, and yeah. someone asks, why is it, you know, 18 pages, I can blame it on my lawyer or my business, uh, advisor or something. So like, mm -hmm. sometimes it's, it's here I am making these fictitious ones. It's probably time I start thinking about the real deal. And, uh, mm -hmm. and it is a great segue to kind of like what we want to talk about today, because this is a great topic. And Mikkel, um, you know, introduced the idea and what, what even sparked the idea of this topic that you wanted to do? It was Swampville. Like, yeah. how yeah. am how can I continue to not say no and grow my business while maintaining the quality of work that over the course of several years, people know that we provide? And it's not easy. In fact, it's been several years of continued support that I outsource for and continue to have ongoing long-standing relationships with support team members for, but I'm not saying that it's, you know, I always try to be respectful of bandwidth and interest. You mm. don't want to be assumptive and just tap on Peggy's shoulder saying, um, here's the design direction. First, ask how they're doing. First, see if they're interested and have the their schedule can allow for a good two week project without exactly knowing how many hours it will take yeah. per day. That's another subtopic of discussion that I think will be useful to cover here. This discussion is all about outsourcing, the pros and cons of it, what we've learned we benefit from the most, the areas that are still kind of shady, and why it's important or not important to introduce them to directly to your clients, how all of that is handled, how collaborative um, succeeds and how it, how it mm. s sort of backfires in some ways. Um, because you're, 
opening the door to a number of personalities, right? We all have different personalities. And when you're comfortable letting go of a little bit of that control aspect of any given project, you may or may not feel flexible with pulling in these other team members to support your brand and theirs too. So it can get complicated, but it can be simple. Yeah. Well, I can see the dauntingness. Again, this is such a great topic. I'm so on board because I'm at this kind of position now, right? Where like, I just, I am saying no a lot and and to things I don't want to say no to. So like the option is to really just onboard something or like hire someone. And and I think it's a tricky situation because, you know, I become sort of the service and the business, like, and the hiring, like I'm hiring someone. So like now I'm an employer, which is like a different place for freelancers. Typically you're just not that position unless you start to sort of tread these waters, which I think probably everyone will at some point, like you, either a big project that you get that you can't handle solo or you're in the position yeah. of just like needing more help. And so like, yeah, I, I want to get into like what that looks like. Cause Mikhail, you've done this, I assume a number of times. So like, this is going to be, I'm going to, I got my little notepad here, the pen, like I want to <laughs> figure it out. Cause it's not always just creatives too, I assume, right? Like I'd love to figure out like because I have needs beyond just like, hey, I need help designing something. It's like, hey, I need project managing. Hey, I need help sort of some admin sort of stuff or like yeah. handling a big client with like a ton of meetings, like a representation of that or whatever that looks like. And then how you tuck that into like your brand or if you do have some sort of ghost designers helping you, like, do you tell the client? Do you charge for that? Do you like what does that look like? Because, again, you start to like tread these waters where at least for me, it's pretty uncharted the best way to do it. Like I've certainly hired yeah. creatives to help me on projects here and there, but nothing like ongoing or nothing, you know, I'd, I'd like to figure something out for like long-term solution. And I think everybody starts on a different initiative foot, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. It, it was seven years ago, I think almost exactly that I started this and mm-hmm. um, it wasn't easy. And I really learned the hard way. I was having to pull all nighters to redo projects, to understanding that I, I hadn't vetted the individuals yeah. to the extent that I should have. Anybody can say, yeah, this is my, this, I did, I prepared this website. I host this website. Yeah. I developed this website. I designed it from top to bottom. Anybody can say that. You have to vet it out and it's not easy. Mm. Um, so that's kind of half the battle is feeling that in, in those individuals that have interest to support your business over Zoom or over the phone. And oftentimes, I think with respect to experience, I kind of know within a good five minutes. Truly, I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd probably oh, be yeah. better at dating too in, right? that, in, that, in that regard. I mean, you just get better <laughs> at this over time, right? Yeah. But um, hi- yeah, hindsight, hindsight outlooks are very, very important, but you have to start somewhere. Um, and yeah, then yeah. when things go well, you recognize that perhaps you've pigeonholed yourself to one dependent individual. And what if he or she tells me they have taken an opportunity elsewhere? Have you prepared an agreement where that individual has to let you know 30 days plus that they're shifting gears or going to start um, – you know, scaling back a little bit with support for your specific business. I mean, these are all areas to think about. 
um, I compare it to nannies because we have three rotating for our daughter right now and my son. And any one of them can say at any moment, I got a job. I, I can't come next week. And then that really can be a scramble. Well, this one of the reasons why we have three rotating here. Because then if you're dependent exactly. on Covering one yourself. single person, it feels even more stressful. Because mm-hmm. it's under the table money, right? We're, we're not... Do your clients know about the rate that you may be providing those subcontractors or how involved they may be with any main task or subtask of any given project? Mm -hmm. The likelihood of that is low. And it's okay, I think, to start introducing these team members little by little. I mean, I have longstanding relationships with some MKM clients and – Every Friday, I have a, a, a su- supporting team member attend client meetings, and the client is asking me questions just as much as that individual. And I think that can be very trusting and a very positive experience. But that only yeah. just started happening for us. Like, yeah, for the most part, there's the behind the curtain production ridden. Um, component to any given project and then you deliver and it's from your email account or from your cloud sharing yeah. profile right not anyone else's so it is a way it, it is important to kind of have a good read on are you comfortable letting go a little bit and having less less of that mm. you know gripped hand on the wheel is it okay with you is it okay to start sharing to these long-standing clients or fresh ones too, listen, I am managing the project and I will touch these files lastly anytime there's a deliverable. But I did want to let you know that I have both a copywriter for messaging on this project as well as a junior designer, for example. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think you said it best, right? It's like, it, it really, it's situational, right? So like anyone who's going to, in my mind, I, I look at it like any sort of agency job where like everyone has these different positions, right? You have your junior designer, maybe a production designer, senior designer, art director, uh, creative director, right? And so like all these people are sort of transitioning upwards, but usually the people that interact with a client, it's usually like a project manager, a creative director, and maybe like a senior designer, maybe, right? It depends on what the project can be. So, yeah, I don't think it's necessary to like, hey, here's everyone working on their team. Everyone meet everyone Mm -hmm. because, you know, oftentimes a production designer, like they just might be cleaning up files and saving out stuff like they're not making necessarily those like big creative decisions. So I understand, you know, like maybe that's that sort of line is like how involved are you going to (laughs) be in the actual big picture of it? Um, And, you know, when it comes to like I just look at through the lens of like freelancers, kind of what we're at where like you need some extra help. And for me. You know, I do have a problem letting go because, you know, when people come to me, it's like they see my work, the stuff I'm like personally doing and I'm running this whole business. And so they're usually hiring me for those things. Uh, whereas like creatively, like I don't know if an illustrator can do the exact same thing. I, I mean, I I think they can, right? Because yeah. they can adapt. But there's a little scary I part. Like you. I have a problem letting go there. But I'm willing <laughs> to bet. I'm willing to bet if you're at the place kind of where I'm getting to. It's like I spend a lot of time not actually making those big picture creative ideas or like. It, a lot of it is just like file saving, project managing, yep. like all these little things. It's like, well, it's not creative actually anymore. Like outreaching, invoicing, client, you know, just all these admin stuff that you don't think about or 
or just prepping files for save or print or if it's a beer label like that takes a long time yeah it's like those sort they of can like even be your your um your first wall of communication via email and not yeah. corresponding with the client but maybe filtering through that becoming like a filter for you like what's what's pressing right now at the moment what's back burner you know yeah. and keeping your schedule maybe alive too you're right because i think we're probably the hardest folks in any industry to let go of the, the technical work because you're right, it has your signature to it in a way, particularly designers. And let's say if you've, if you've been hired for the work, and I think that's always my biggest fear too, mm. but in any chance, anytime I've had, I've experienced mostly with collaborators for particular projects and in interns back in the day, I used to do interns all the time. And I, I love that feeling of like going like, Ooh, okay. I'm going to give you that shot to design something. And and if you give them the right info and you've handed it over in the right way, yeah. it could be very successful and you can always be surprised, but boy, do we have a hard time, you know? So like, did you, did you have that experience in those first few times, um, Mikkel, when you did it, was it more kind of admin stuff or was it, was it true uh, design work that you were kind of experimenting with your first few I, people? I, I think it's, this is opinion based, of course, but I do think it's best to kind of hit the ground running and test waters with a true, a, a true brand identity Why project. Not, right? A true and mm-hmm. and and with that, I will add that for those areas where I truly am reading that I'm really not sure, and I do have more of a sense of reluctancy than excitement about something, I'll have them support something for my website. Or prepare something yes. for social media for me, just to see mm. their native working files and how they set things up for me to kind of get it's a grip. Good test. On it, mm-hmm. A little bit, it is. I hate saying that, but it's totally yeah. true. That's exactly what it is. Um, yeah. And then, can you afford that? Can you afford that test round, given their billable rate? Are mm-hmm. are they are they hungry for the work and they love your the, the the idea of supporting your business so much that they're willing to do you a solid just to see if the two of you can jive together pretty well. There's a trade perhaps that can happen with maybe a niche mm-hmm. that they deliver that you don't necessarily. There's all these different ways that you can make this work, right? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. To give it a test run. Um, but I also was thinking when I was listening to you guys speak just now, about something else that's so important, which is to not be completely out of the files and give them the full back curtain because come presentation time, if, you, if you're not tapping into the ins and outs of that project altogether and the file oh, elements, all the assets yeah. and components, you won't be able to speak to it as, as readily and app- appropriately. Um, hmm. And so I, I'll just give an example. I hope this is okay. Yeah. So there's an organization that is itching for style identity, brand guidelines. And we've prepared a list of the first set of, you know, 10 pages that is crucial to display, to um, define. Um, I, ha- I may have a designer support all the different assets that I want to exemplify on any given page of these guidelines, but I'm the one that's laying everything out in the, t- in Oh the t- yeah, for sure. Like building the deck. But, yes. So if I yeah. weren't, if I left that individual to building the deck and then comes presentation time, I would, I would have to search for, 
I wouldn't be able to speak to the project totally. as wholly. So that's a really good example. A lot of abstract backgrounds, custom iconography sets for websites, but I'm laying them out in Sketcher XD, and they hand off all the assets. S- same same scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, those are man, especially when you're talking about building a deck. And and in my experience, like I'll always that'll always be something I handle. Or even when I contract with agencies, like it's always the person pitching who's putting the deck together because they have to know it frontward and back. Makes sense. Because while the they're best building person. it, they're like, "Here's how I'm yeah. going to present." You know, um, yeah, a hundred percent. Like that's a very good point. Uh, and that kind of bleeds into like again, people interacting with the clients are typically the ones touching those big parts of things. I'm thinking like. You know, when you're done deliverable packaging, like, all right, save that logo out in color, black, white, positive, negative, in all these formats, organize, you know, like it's that kind of stuff where it's like, yeah. that will take me a half day sometimes where it's like, if that's a, a half day is a long time, I could be working on a totally different project. And yeah. that's where like those little, I think, help uh, contract stuff where maybe it's, if you have a hard time letting go, it's those little things that I bet you spend a ton of time on that maybe you could outsource in some regard or find someone mm-hmm. like a junior designer or paid internship of someone trying to learn or mentorship, whatever that might be. Like that's kind of where I, I'm for sure. Into. And, but, yeah. and then there's instances where there's a, multiple projects going for any given client and you mm. just have to mm-hmm. decide, okay, it's more important for me to have my hands on this particular project. There's a, a totally. one sheet out there too. Yeah. Do I give that? Total, mainly exclusively to support team member sometimes yeah sometimes yeah. yeah you could obviously tell it's hard to predict where that's going to happen like what part of a job are you going to give to somebody else or what elements of the job and what i always found was great was you you know in the moment where let's say you you've have that person now you've identified who it is what i've always realized is how what their role is 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 really what it is at that moment if i know and like mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like wow, this person can join a phone call. Great. Now that person could be a part of a phone call, hear everything and take the notes and I can do all of the talking and pitching. Then it becomes, oh, we're putting the deck together, right? Like what can I let go of at that moment? Because you, like you said, Jordan, you, we should be the, the captain of these things and steering it in the right direction. And you're going to know exactly when is the right time to bring in that person to help. Yeah. I had one intern that became, he, he took over an entire new project um, only because it was lower on the totem pole, but I didn't want to say, say no to it, but I let him almost do the entire thing from scratch. And it was a wonderful experience in that way. But I was, and for, uh, the advantage was we worked when I had my office space, we were in the same space. That's a big difference. Like big you're doing difference. a lot of it remotely yeah. and that's the harder part. Okay. I, so I, I can only you're imagine, saying that right? in that experience you could just whip your chair around and see how the progress is coming oh around. yeah we we had i had a big enough little studio space that had enough for like three people in there and a guest so if there was ever a a client that came in we could do that as well but the neat thing was like it was like having that like that extra set of hands for anything and and typically you know the intern thing is another great way to look at it because they come so just like fresh and, and raring to go that it helps you i think it injected a whole sense of like newfound kind of excitement. Like I was like, when you saw how excited they would get about a project, I'd be like, wow, I've really let things like, I'm not looking at things the same way I did in the first sure. few years of doing this. Right. Yeah. You, you got to get, the, it's neat to see it in a different light. Um, yeah. which I, I really love doing that. And I'd like love excitement. to do it again. Yeah. yeah. 
But, but I know that feeling of like, um, what, and I guess my biggest questions come in the, the pricing point, because mm-hmm. what I would, what I did with interns was we, we came up with an idea for what, uh, based on hours they'd come in and what a monthly salary would be. And I, I knew doing that in advance, maybe I was going to take a hit for a while, but, um, it was a way of understanding they're getting paid. I had a little chunk savings waiting to go for this just to try it out, but my question was always like, how am I adding it to the current jobs? And then am I adding it to all my jobs or just the jobs that these people are touching? So what, where did you even start when it came to like how you price this out, bringing somebody new in? So we're all FreshBook users. So I think it's great to just exemplify straight up that way. Um, There is a support um, category for MKM Mm -hmm. and they invoice me directly all their hours on any given project, and I plug it into FreshBooks, categorized as MKM support, and it goes straight to the client. They see exactly what support gotcha. has been working on. Mm. But were you budgeting even prior to that? So let's say hours are hours, I guess, right? So if you thought of hours at the very beginning, let's say you said- oh, These are not for- This is 50 hours, client. For project requests. You just split it these up. These are not for um, estimate requests at front. Gotcha. This is Sorry, ongoing. I should have mentioned that. That's a huge difference, yeah. right? Because how, how yeah. the hell yeah. do you project that? So these are for um, clients that we invoice biweekly or monthly. Um, and you and know they just how, what know it typically based is. on all the history that they can trust. Beautiful. Uh, it took a while to get there, though. Too. Yeah, but that's a really so, good, that's a good. Yeah, place. would you would you suggest maybe a good way to test the waters is with an existing one because again, you you know they are. I, we, I, we all have those three or four that are probably billed once a month, ongoing stuff. It fluctuates. Maybe there's a plus or minus, but they won't be shocked. And all you did was you split those hours. Like you would have typically done 30 of them, but now you've just done 10 and somebody else and did 20. And my Is role that- was the creative consultant component, sure. like overseeing the project. Yes. Not project management. I feel like that's a different bu- bucket to be clear. But yeah, yeah. providing direction. Providing inspiration, providing referencing, no more than two revision rounds, solidify, send it, wait for internal review feedback, and then, yeah, give it another go if needed. Great. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, when it talks to like, you know, payment and and budgeting stuff, because when I've hired people, that's kind of what I I end up having to do. It's like, all right, we're doing this brand identity for whatever, a coffee shop. And like, here's what I would project it would take. Here's the amount of hours I'm willing to allot to you for these project things. Uh, Obviously, if you're going to get close, like we need to have a conversation, but here's like the estimated budget of hours. I'm allowing per, and then I'll have my segments. Here's phase one, phase two, phase three, hours for each, total hours. That's the cap, right? Because like, yeah, I'd be terrified. Just be like, go nuts. (laughs) hours or hours you know like so having that but that also takes like you again we're getting to this like you're going freelance to employer like that takes you really understanding the process of like this is how long it's going to take and 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 you do kind of become a project manager and that's what a project manager usually sends me the scope of work the budget hours different animals than a website we've been doing so many websites lately so i know that when we kick off Am I comfortable inviting the developer, the custom WordPress developer, mm-hmm. myself as the creative consult slash project manager, the copywriter on the job, knowing that they want they don't want to take care of messaging. They're not pinching pennies like they were in 2015 yeah. when they first mm-hmm. refreshed their site. They're ready for somebody to really have consistent take their that consistent voice 
role for their project. Um, yeah, sometimes I'll just make sure that they can attend. I'll introduce them as a part of the MKM team. They'll introduce themselves saying, I've been collaborating with MKM for years. So nice to meet you. It's it's re so respectful. There's some people that yes. over years you just know you can count on. Those that are newbies, you're like holding your breath. <laughs> and you're sweating yeah, a little yeah. bit. And you're hoping it yeah, goes but you, away. You keep them behind the stage. You keep them backstage, right? Like I think of it as a theater. Like you, when they when they get to come through the curtain, they have to prove it, like yeah. in a way, yeah. right? So yeah. they're back but a house or I front got, of house. I'm so sorry, I got a little bit off tangent. What I was going to say was that it's distinct from branding that Jordan was just was just speaking to because websites have there's individuals that wear these exclusive hats and they have their specific mm -hmm. role, True. right? Um, whereas Website, there's, there's, it's more of a collaborative effort amongst team members that have their expertise in those particulars. So it has yes. to function, right? It's not just design. It's like it, it has to actually live and breathe as a functional thing that actually the, yeah. has action and right. does. Yeah, yeah. totally. Right. However, for the design component, lots of people don't understand all that's involved there, right? I mean, we're going sure. through our own mm -hmm. internal rounds before we present and have our internal rounds directly with the client. And maybe the custom icon set and coming up with those designs that have to be cohesive and consistent across the board amongst every single landing page and form page experience are that's its own separate subtask distinct from whatever I'm laying out on my end. I mean, yes. I try to itemize as best I can with those areas so that when people look at the full total estimate figure, not they're not going, what the F? They see everything that's involved. Like I try to summarize as best I can. Do you guys do that too? Or do you feel like it? it's sometimes disclosing too much up front? when your estimate proposals showcase all that? I think, yeah, it can get granular, right? Like, yeah, I think, uh, but the, you have to find that balance. Like, I want to make sure they see the scope. Like, this is a ton of work, but I might not say, like, you know, every distinct thing within each bracket. I might do, like, you know, here's phase three, three phases, and then I'll have, like, you know, sort of brackets in between. Like, discovery is much more than discovery, so I might bracket out what that looks like. Kind of thinking of it more linearly. Even like delivery, it's like, well, that takes a lot of work. I'm going to bracket out what that looks yeah. like in the deliverables. And if people True. really took the time to study your proposals, do you think that they could probably calculate billable, the, the billable rate? I think well, it just depends. Like how long does, I mean, probably. Everyone's yeah. different. Because I usually put a, a time yeah. frame in there too. I mean, I le I make Do sure you? I bullet yeah. like everything's an estimation. But yeah, I, I'll put like a little I'm screen of like here's half, the I discovery think with time. That. Sometimes design. I share approximately number of hours I'm approximating it will take, and sometimes I just base it off. Oh, quality you do. Work. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. leave it. for those I'm leaving clients it that I just shared yeah. with yeah. you, where it's invoicing every couple weeks or monthly, I itemize a number of hours per week for them. And associate the billable rate yes. for team members and myself. So that is, yeah. of course, an example of disclosing all of that. For sure. Especially with those like retaining clients where like it is just here's the allotment of hours. Make sure, you know, and then you are I would I, that makes sense. You bulletize something like that versus 
a proposal because I assume you don't do a proposal every month for them, right? No, right. Or is it just that's different? You're, you're totally right. invoicing what the work was. But you're on cruise control. So we're, that's a yeah, that's great. We're dope. on alignment then because that type of retainer invoicing that you to what you were just sharing, Jordan, that's more like having to substantiate the work mm-hmm. and yeah. yes. the bill, the total bill for that time. Yeah, yeah. totally. And that could be a that could be a good way to introduce this to to the system if you've never done it yet is have if you have a retainer already let's say you're 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 calculate you got a 2000 a month thing with somebody right and you have a month coming up and you know like uh whoa how, how could i even get to that and i'm already on autopilot with that client that could be the right person time to bring in that person and just calculate a certain percentage of that retainer to that person and like the one thing i've always done and this is probably just my scare like factor with hiring someone is i tell them up front like here's what you're going to do here's what it's due this is the this is the max it's value based with them i barely even go hourly with them because i don't think that's again is the same reason i don't charge hourlies with maybe with most of the clients that way i get someone that's fully engaged they know exactly what they're going to be getting paid and i can budget i feel safer budgeting it with my current client Mm. you see what i mean mm-hmm. whereas i'd love to get to the part where it's almost in your zone Mikel, where they're on a bit of now autopilot and they're billing me the hours they did, that would mean the the system's running. You know, I think that's a goal to get to the way you have it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, so I'm, I'm every time I've tested the waters with it, I'm like, I'm holding that money bag, just going like, here's what you get. <laughs> like that's because that's just the way. Yeah. Because I'm I'm trying to budget too. You know? Right. You are in your own way. I guess what helps too is that there's no way you can adjust your available bandwidth at all. And you've come to a point where I'm overflowing. I need to just give this a go. And mm. there are times with that that what's delivered is great. I – yeah. Deadlines are oftentimes on our side, right? Otherwise, we would keep tweaking and perfecting. I have I have absolutely gone through situations where I am telling these support team members I'm preparing checklists of revisions that you know up to three, four times, and I'm like, just hand me your source file. I'll take care of it. Like, I'm so sorry about that. You know, you just get carried away with. Yeah. The constant feedback, which taps into another really great subtopic of how do you provide that overall? How do you how do you know when to stop and just have them hand over their working file? How do you do you know what to them might be criticism versus to you is is not necessarily criticism? Um, hmm. There are those designers that, from start to finish, thrive on direction. And then there are designers that love to be given the reins for conceptualizing altogether. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. And it's important, I think, for you as the hirer, right, to recognize what they love and what they're passionate about just so to keep the relationship going. It it (laughs) shows – shares them that – you have their interest and in mind through and through um, that you're not going to be that 
girl or that guy sitting behind, standing behind their shoulder while they're working the mouse, telling them where to go. Like that's just irritating of, of anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when you do provide conceptual feedback and leave it a little bit more open-ended, it enables them to be the designer, which can really be a win-win. You mm, yeah. may be surprised with what they come back with that works immensely because there's no black and white with design, right? It's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have learned in some instances where that's really benefited us, and I'm saying us because I know they appreciate it just the same as I, I do. Um, oh, sure. And But then there's another p- pigeonhole circumstance that can take place with that where it's so specific they ran with it and it's beautiful, but if that person drops from the boat, am I going to be able to sustain that look and feel myself until I find a replacement? And or is that other support? <laughs> you don't want them to be too good. Team member that steps in to replace them, so to speak, at some point, going to be able mm-hmm. to niche in that regard all yeah. the same. It can get a little wonky. Do you find it important to? Going back to what you just said at the beginning of this topic, do you tell them you're to follow, you know, this is not a design job. This is to follow the lead with what here, but, or do you distinctly tell them this is a blue sky, need your help. Like you should probably define that at the very beginning, at least tell them, because you might get that blue sky, big thinker, you know, subcontractor, but this project does not demand that right now. Yeah. Mm. I mean, like, should you tell them that up front? I do both. I do both. Um, and some people Mm -hmm. really love to be able to have that production design role. Um, and, and sometimes there's a happy medium between the two that you just pinpointed Nick, where there is a template, so to speak, there is a general look and feel, but you can further it if you feel like it needs some punch. Yeah. Um, well, think about it like we're as creatives. This is an interesting place because we have both and currently are in the shoes of the sort of employee that we're talking about via clients. So people are hiring us, giving us direction parameters, and we're creating something. And so I think we have a unique position to be in a leadership role because we can be completely empathetic with that employee we're talking about where you're giving them this information and you're sort of where do mm-hmm. the bounds like to be? And you, you, you had a really good point where some designers really work well under direction and some work much better as like sort of just the wild card going at it, just free, free reign. But I think the commonality for everything in any designer, I've never met one who doesn't think like, I don't want to, I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want to be told what to draw or design. I want to be told what to think about this project. I want to know what the goals and the objectives and the pain points Mm -hmm. are. I'll work on solving that through visual aid, but I need parameters. Every designer needs the box that they're going to design. Right. Cause otherwise then you're just getting into, we had this conversation a million times. Like you're not getting into anything, but we know that, right. Cause we live in that world. So I think when we start to have these positions where we're hiring on, I think, I think designers and freelancers can make really good sort of creative leads because we can we know exactly that place because we're currently in it. We're sharing that space, you know, whereas a client, they might not get it because they don't know, you know, those frustrating clients is like, I don't really know what I want. I have no sort of creative direction or lead. It's like, that's frustrating because like I'm basing everything off nothing or my own personal things. But I like the idea of like sort of these creative leads. I think there's strength in that. I think there's something to that. Oh, that ownership they can get, and then it be, it could become a, a real 
employee down the road with someone yeah. like that, right? Because you've you've put them through the ringer, you've seen how they are going to perform, how they're going to stand up. I love it too when you're right when they show you something that you would have never thought of, and you're like, so you have to give them that flexibility, even if it is a very production heavy job, to say, hey, you know, regardless, if something pops up that you think is a is a solution here, feel free. Like that's yeah. that's super important. Um, and again, I've always had that opportunity to do it in live because I've done it where we had the studio space. So that that's such a great advantage to have with that. And I'm assuming now too, with how more people are getting used to doing things more virtually that are you finding the, let's call it the talent that you're finding and to join this thing are more adaptable in this virtual world. I guess they have to be, but like, <laughs> is the, is the, is the, is the talent there? Do you have to change? Do you have to train them on that? Sometimes I haven't had that mm -hmm. happen in, in a while, but I, I can reflect if I really needed to on a couple, I think yeah. under my belt, but that's a really in, interesting question. Um, Mikkel's Slack class 101. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> like she, she has a little zoom video <laughs> pre-made. <laughs> yeah. It's so important. And so for, for us, what's been happening is, um, Illustration is not a need, a need. There are so many people that are competent in Illustrator. It's awesome. And that can extend itself to so many different areas um, of ge general project project artworks. Um, web design is a uh, little bit difficult to come by. I've experienced Um and maybe that is part of me not really necessarily wanting to let go of that role completely um, so that it – because it, uh, to date, it's allowed me the chance to collaborate with these other designers without giving up that web design hat. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting. So – I know I keep discussing web design to exemplify some points here, but this would be applicable for a booklet, a huge brochure, a manual, something in InDesign that has a shit ton of components. It's that collaboration for the end product that's fairly immense, right? And a number of pages. Mm. So um, the other thing too, I'm sure you found this to be the case on LinkedIn or wherever, whatever the source may be, is people offering their agency services to you. Well, maybe you just want to be able to collaborate with a freelance individual where you used to be four or five years ago or seven years ago, right? Well, now everybody's doing the group speak and, oh, well, I have virtual assistants and partnerships with so-and-so and we can take care of you. And then... Do you find that you're worried about overhead and these these general instances of 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 cost and value and mm -hmm. there's so much to, that factors into this to think about. Yeah. Um do you just do you find of of your experience so far do you just collaborate with those individual freelancers or have there been situations where you have teamed up with small agencies 
comprised of say three or more, and maybe they're not at all the same location, but you've gotten to know mm-hmm. all of them directly yourself. Mm-hmm. Has that happened with you guys? Yeah, yeah. On both, both <laughs> situations, like working, partnering with a smaller team and then also the, the other way around the individual for the particular need at hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've hired like particular illustrators um, especially like more fine art stuff that like, you know, I live in vector and like procreate, like that's my bag. So anything outside of that, like definitely hired for those sort of things. And also I get, yeah, I collaborate with a few agencies here in Portland that range kind of from big to small all the time. So like, it's like weird. I like in part time at agencies, like during this freelance gig. So it, it, but it's cool to see both worlds. Like I've adapted so much of my stuff. So just, just for clarification, you have hired that agency for your no, direct client. I've hired like individual other freelancers. And then I've also been hired like partner. It's not even a partnership. Like they'll just contract me for stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's um, different. Yes. But we have a subcontract where yeah. like, I'm still allowed to showcase the work. I'm still allowed, like my name's still on there and like the business I run. So it's not like fully under them, but it's just like this shared, like I'm a contractor. So mm-hmm. I've been in both sides of the fence um, yeah. in, in that place. But yeah, I've never hired like an actual agency yeah. to do something. It's always just been like freelancers, yeah. right. like myself, right. or like collaborating with yeah. other freelancers. Maybe it's not even a hire. We just go partner up on something. I brought in folks that when we needed to help a client, we had done everything, branding, packaging, positioning, all that. Then it came time to selling it on Amazon. And that was a whole other world didn't know. And I was, a, I did get an email prior to that week from a small team that knows how to do that. They were reaching out to designers because they, I think they figured it was a great niche. You know, like, I don't know any of that stuff, like the store page of an, of an Amazon product. And that was wonderful because it was a good thing, but we led because it was, it still had, I told them up front, you'll come in with your knowledge mm-hmm. and the, and everything you know about the data of it, but it has to still be from the pillars of the brand that we've made. So we yeah. are leading it, but wow, it was a eye open. but you have to, you have to draw the line and be like, that's their decision. This was my decision, but the client love the fact that we were able to find that this group and they've continued on which is great so they're no longer like have to be under our, uh, under my wing because we've established everything but i love those situations um but again you're 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 listening to the first phone call with them and everything else and you're trying to figure out is this the right fit and all that and it worked out great um and and so I like that. That's a great situation of where it's really worked out oh. really, really well. Cause it was something that, wow, no, no clue where to even go with that. And they, or it's like, why would someone come to you? We always talk the same thing. Like, yeah. we know what we're doing. You have to go to find that person. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you ever like partner up 50 feet? Like I've had projects where like, it's so big where I just, I have to hire more than just like a junior designer. Like I need a co-pilot who's going to be there for these meetings and we're going to address like, you know, projects that might take like five or six months. Right. And I've only had a couple there you of go. I've had to That's a great bring idea. one on. And I have one yeah. now that I'm like, almost I'm thinking about doing that where it's like full fledged fine. And that could be another alternative. If maybe you're at the place now, it's like, well, partner up on a couple of big projects, see like how that phase works. And maybe it could yeah. go into something big. I look at like There's so many ways to enter this. Totally. You know? Yeah, exactly. Completely. It's so situational. Which is kind of beautiful, <laughs> and, and, you know? No, and it, yeah. it has to get to a point. Don't you feel it has to get to a point where the, the choice of doing it is easier and safer than doing it alone? Like the, to me, I think that's maybe the best threshold is to say that like 
the one or two projects that started very early in my freelance world after corporate world, I had to bring in someone and I brought in someone that I worked closely with for 15 years. So it was mm -hmm. like, we, we tag teamed this one project and the folks we hired to help us, we became this small little agency and we're all over the country. No one lived in this yeah. even remotely close. Um, and we weren't even using, uh, I, we were using Skype at the time, but it wasn't share screen. It was like holding up a sketch <laughs> to yeah, the dude. camera and, you know, <laughs> going like that. But I remember revisions and, and then, uh, not, it was more information and knowledge who needed to know what. And I, yeah. I think my biggest question would be with like, with, with what you've experienced, Mikel, in that situation was when revisions did come, um, how did you make it productive enough that you, cause my, my instinct was, let me just do it myself and it'll save the time of having to communicate it to the person who's going, I've paying to do it. So were they, did they get the revisions along with you and they know the project enough to just go and do it? Or did you have to in, invest some time as well? Yeah, that's do, why, that's why the word collaboration is so crucial to me. It mm -hmm. really is, mm -hmm. um, doing research, providing a good foundation of design direction before you even get started with that individual so that there are no, they're not shooting in the dark at all. They're excited. They know exactly what's yeah. expected of them, both conceptually and production-based wise. Um, that makes it really nice. I've learned that the hard way too. And then, yeah, and then, um, you know, while keeping in mind to to keep the number of revision rounds minimal, um, I am at the point now where I prefer that they just own this blog artwork or wh wh whatever it is. Yes, and yeah. that there are some tweaks. I mean, I'm such a freak when it comes to typography and character spacing and alignment and shit like that, right? I just I just have to tweak a little bit before I send it off. But that, when you're used to that or over so many, you just know it'll take mi minutes and then it'll be good, good mm -hmm. to go. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes things are very difficult to explain, typing, typing up to explain. Do I have time to quick get yeah. on the phone with him? Not, re not really. I'm, I'm getting ready to get into yeah, a meeting yeah. again or something. So I will sometimes in those cases just say, amazing job. Couldn't have done this without you. Time to send over your AI. Time to send over the PSD. Yeah. Time to send over your sketch. There you go. Yeah. Um, leave, and, that, and it's start never the same and finish twice. on a yeah. really positive, positive, positive. Mm -hmm. Um. I, I don't – I really am so – maybe probably overly sensitive to how they're feeling. How's it going? And having check-ins. Like, let's say – That's not a bad thing. Totally. <laughs> I mean, they're in and out of a yeah. number of client client projects. Let's have a mm -hmm. check-in. How's it going for yeah. you? How's the How are all these Trello Be cards running for you? Like, are you appreciating <laughs> yeah. the project management platform? I mean – How's your well, family? It makes them so in, involved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and look, when we talk about collaboration, like the, the biggest benefit of collaboration, and I know that there's a lot of them. And I think Dan's episode was really great talking about like oh, creating a culture and totally. being able to turn around the chair and blah, blah, blah and work stuff. But I do think like the biggest benefit of collaboration is like it, it really does sort of sharpen the that soft skill of communication. Because ultimately, oh, like, that's wow, the foundation yeah. of, like, any successful 
project. It's how well you can communicate. And that can, whether that looks like, Mikhail, you know, you being able to give feedback or checking in or keeping the encouragement, like, okay, that immediately translates into culture. Like good communication is culture in my opinion. So like, or can you give creative feedback or be like critical while still, you know, being constructive? Like these are things that we, every designer yeah. like, has to have. It's like a soft skill, but it's like the hardest soft skill you can get. Uh, so I, I think like that's to me, like this is kind of a new venture where like you have to start taking on that role. And Mikhail, you've been doing it for a long time. So I'm sure these skills are like you've definitely sharpened this sort of skill set where you you sort of do become less of like client freelance, that side of stuff versus, you know, employer to employee leadership. And this, I will be honest, this had been a, the intent a decade ago. I wanted to be able to get here. And then, you know, of course, you want to further that expansion process there's still places mm -hmm. i want to take this but you get you have find your partner and you don't want to be you don't want to work the grind through the night or set the alarm for four as much as you used to there are shifts <laughs> and changes throughout yeah. the course of life and would I take those times back where I lived single in my condo and didn't have a car and that's all I did was was work at the creative agency and then come home and freelance. I wouldn't give it up. Give I I, I don't have no regrets sure. about that. Um, yeah, sure. But it's time of life scenarios, right? Like I, that's, that's right. not where I'm at right now. I want to be able to depend on others to represent yeah. any given project with some you know there's there's some flexibility in there um and still oversee i had i had this i had this situation oh my gosh you guys recently where <sighs> this client's ready to um overhaul their site again it's been 6 years and they tell me i will we looked up the estimate that you provided us in 2015 uh -oh. and so we, we oh, no. here's our budget <laughs> and I'm, I'm just going, do I, it was a little, felt a little bit like a slap in the face. Like what I, I've grown since then. I'm not a graphic designer anymore. I'm, this is a different story. And yeah. to be fair, no, they're not watching. They don't know. Jason does. Nobody else knows. You've seen it. Like, you've seen it every day. Right. <laughs> they don't. Right. So yeah. isn't that interesting that they thought they would expand this year's project by a grand only? Yeah. From to cover. <laughs> to cover. <laughs> to cover oh my god! It's like, but but again, it goes to to being the uh, now you have to put the hat on of right. salesmanship. Yeah. Uh, client relations, ret retention, like you have to tell them a little bit. I, I know we talked about the whole idea of like, you're a different designer than you were five years ago, 10 years ago or whatever. And with all of the growth you're doing, you know, I think we did it in like a raising your rates kind of episode uh, many years ago. Call, yes. That same idea is, and I, I've, I have many clients mm -hmm. that come back and it might've been two years and they have a brand new 
initiative, but it's a carbon copy of like something we did two years ago. Okay. And they think it's going to be the same. But oh, man. part of us, yeah. our job is to tell them why. Can it's, you share, why it's you guys, how you re- how yeah. how you react to that? Do you sleep on it? Do you do you suck it up and answer professionally straight away? Like, what do you? How do you handle that? I, I've gotten better on the pause. Yeah, do the pause. I, whatever oh, I you do. Can't. If I type up an email immediately, if like I'm a little like just a ticked off or in some like it's gonna. Oh reflect. no, I'm not really good bad about that. So I always have to wait. <laughs> but like it, like look, it, a couple of years ago, it's like well, the price of living, the cost of living has gone up. So it's like I don't even need to justify. Like yes, I think I'm better designer than I now than I was two years ago. It's like my prices go up, but. Also, yeah. just the price of living goes up. Like the my rent has gone up. Everything in my life goes up. Like that's you raise rents. That's how life works. You know, like any client that yeah. thinks, well, you know, we did this same project two years ago, three years ago. It should be the same price. It's like, well, uh, show me another case in the yeah. world that that exists. Are you serious? <laughs> that's not how things operate. The gallon of milk changes uh, price every month. Yeah, like, I like to play off the value side, and I just go, yeah, what. It, it, hopefully there's been enough time to say like in that two years, what we, here's the, and I always look at this, like anything else I have, that's a monthly, when it goes up, I will call that service and be like, what, what have you done to deserve this added? Like, I have no question with it, but I, I need you to tell me why, has, why is it going up? What am I getting yeah. in return? You know? Yeah. And I think that's smart to yeah. even ask of Netflix or you name it, right? Mm-hmm. I, it happens so often now and subscription is crazy, but I do the same thing and I will tell them that in two years, the value of my work, I feel, is much more focused, much more storytelling, much more engaging. I have facts and, and I have results that I can share with you. You found me to referral, like all those little things, right? And I think those are the ways to say, that's why it's more. I'm like, you're going to get more because it's more. Do you see what I mean? Like, it's not, I try to try to change that conversation. You're not getting the same. You will get more because, you know, look at how much we've talked about branding, discovery, our process and all that. Like we, we improve on that almost weekly. So imagine yeah. what two years. But do you done. think like, yeah. I look at, well, it's hard. Like I look at maybe a year ago to where I am now. Like I, I do think yeah. it's similar. I think I've gotten better just for different skills. Cause I'm into different things at the moment, but like you know, some, if the process isn't dramatically different, I'm talking like if you've been in the game for 30 years, like did those two years at the end, like from, you know, 28 to 30 might not be dramatic. You might not be adding a ton more, you know? So like at a certain point, mm-hmm. like where do you stop justifying the price and, and just say like, this is what it costs. And there's a lot of variables in that. Obviously demand. You do a, you, yeah, exactly. Demand for me is a big one right now. It's like, I, you know, I, uh, I'm saying no a lot more. So my rates go up because I want to, you know, my goal is to work less and get yeah. paid more. That's everyone's goal. That's, that's yeah, what we're doing, um, you know. Career growth and stuff. But, but I always, yeah. when you, you, that's a tough one to it say because it, it makes is, you because sound like I've got not, nine other people waiting. 100%. You can't just <laughs> right. say that, right? <laughs> How do you say that? <laughs> regardless of, do you know who you're talking to? Yes, yeah, that's Jordan's yeah, first line. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I mean, does it sound like total BS? Because regardless of the industry, who's not trying to expand on their career? We all have that yeah, in common, exactly. right? Yeah. Yes. So it seems a little. Well, how many times? What's our biggest? What's our biggest question from listeners? Like, how do I get bigger and better clients? Like, yeah. how do how? Where's the? So you shouldn't um, say like, oh man, like you know, I did a good job over the last two years. I have improved my thing. I should. I, it's hard to ask for more. No, ask for more. Like, I think. And if you're bringing in other components or other 
you know, people to work on this thing, obviously too. But I, I don't, I, that there's that, that's such a hard hurdle for a lot of us to get over. Like we're worth more than and we honestly, were two like, or three years that- ago. Instagram meme that went out on like the design social media where it was like talking about the difference between like a client who gives you $500 versus the client gives you 50,000 for a project. And like the $500 clients, like this is the most precious, like this is my blood, sweat and tears. This is everything with this $500. Yeah. We will become partnerships and blood, blah, blah, blah. And like, and it, it takes a lot to sign off on versus like the client that gives like the $50,000 budget. It's like, yep, that sounds great. Just invoice That's me it. at whatever.com. Like, and we that, have product and that waiting. Is so yeah. <laughs> fucking accurate. Like I find those bigger projects, like no one bats an eye. Like everyone, it's just like that's business. That's how it works. That's value based pricing. It's 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 it takes a, a while to get past. Like it's really just the stage of clients. You know, when you're True. in the smaller client page, like it is precious. It is very small yeah. client. It, there you have a close, and it's their discuss. money from their pocket that's in the, most that's cases, yeah. right? Hundred percent. It's like. With so bigger the companies, like, I think a lot of times are, you're right, that yeah. that feeling. And again, maybe trying to think of the things that anybody listening could find a way to um, enter this world of collaboration and external folks. And even if it's an independent contractor for one thing, maybe it's the one that's a bigger client or the one yeah. that's a bigger, more of a company rather than a personal, you know, yeah. it's always like the, the, the one person that owns the thing. And that's a harder person to kind of make these leaps with. Yeah. And, and, and turning that back to here, money wise, like, those clients are definitely out there. It's not like they just, they're not accessible to everyone. They are. I think when you start to get to the place where like those become more accessible and you need to take on help, like that could be a guiding decision. It's like bringing on people, letting go, uh, sort of bring in more collaborations, hiring other people like that could help you get to that next tier, right? If that's a goal of yours is to get like bigger clients, because I know often that is a very big question. I don't know if it's everyone's goal. Like some people like staying in the sort of niche right. and little, yeah. you know, focus yeah. mom pop shop. And like, I like that world too. But too, yeah. I do think if the goal is to get bigger, like, well, you can't do it solo. I'm not really convinced there's like a single freelance. As bread mm-hmm. butter, it doesn't really. Yeah, do totally. Yeah. Yeah. So like that could be a yeah. stepping stone. That could be something, a goal you want to get to is hiring some people building a little you know creative studio or something could be cool yeah that would be cool <laughs> next life gonna happen yeah. <laughs> we'll, ch- we'll do we'll check back in a year and we'll, we'll all have nine people on our payroll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like that, that to me is not the goal i mean it's i mean honestly because it's like going back to the that's why a lot of people have left their day jobs is because they want to get into something like this right. mm-hmm. and then we just find ourselves rebuilding what we left you know in, Dude, in a very small way that's so it right like oh the agency are like exactly. i don't want to do the data ground i just want to create and draw and like design it's like but then you start to freelance like oh i'm not Get really hungry. doing that at all it's like such a small percentage and it keeps getting less and less until you start hiring people like you're just building an agency you leave the agency to build one sort of like that and then you have to do all the same thing like i always <laughs> laughed and said my two or three years prior to doing this i was literally hr that's <laughs> yeah, all I, that's exactly what i was you're right. it was like you're right you know and and pitch man because it was like just yeah. let's get that pitch deck together yeah. and let's go let's go make some money and so like you're right you've slowly i had a boss that called it like uh licensing and it was like imagine this mm-hmm. thing it's just it just, it's been, you add on every single new pro- thing, like people, salary, uh, HR, um, human resource, all those things that, we, you know, like we we want to make our little agencies bigger and yeah. you've just made yourself the agency you left. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, I mean, it is funny. I mean, but it doesn't happen quickly. It yeah. takes time. And um, oh, yeah. I mean, did, did have you ever utilized someone 
that has their own collaborative agency as a mentor recently or years ago that you just picked mm-hmm. their brain and you wanted to know what it took mm-hmm. or what's it like. And I mean, I've spoken with individuals, mentor or not men- mentor wise, to be fair. And they just fished out work to these freelancers didn't really seem to care what it looked like, just wanted to hit these deliverable deadlines for fairly big client organizations, Mm -hmm. I might add, and kind of just had the best of both worlds because they just needed to be around for feedback and would just make little Mm -hmm. action checklists based on their experience. And yeah, and I thought, okay, that's maybe where I want to be. But that's a little loss of passion, I think, now that I've recognized throughout the years what it took to get here. Mm-hmm. And then there will yeah. be another you have to take away some of that yeah. of insights that have been learned from now until five years from now, right? Yeah. 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 I think it it really and it's also just like kind of figuring out what you want. Cause honestly, like what yeah. I wanted when I first started to what I want now is so different, right? Like it's like yeah and and it keeps ebbing and flowing like i like the business side so like when i was first getting into freelance like i was excited about putting it at the pitch decks and invoicing and sending these you know like i liked that but Mm -hmm. i do it when it starts to just get so heavy where i'm not getting like my creative outlet well i fucking hate it (laughs) that's such a good example i so get that yeah like it felt good i was like i'm creating a business and then and then it just so but it ebbs and flows and and I, I look for like when you start talking like mentorship, like even if you're not directly involved, I think just seeing people find that place. I look at Dan from Lincoln and like that seems like a really good scenario. It's like they don't hire a ton of people like they have like very focused designs to create a studio with like what a dozen people at most or something. Yeah. And they're all just like good buddy designers that do great work. So like you know, it seems like they don't have a ton of that red tape. Like they all kind of wear a, a lot of hats and like I like that. I think that's mm-hmm. manageable. That seems that's cool. cool to me, right? Me Versus, too. I like yeah, that. you don't have to follow anybody's format, right? Yeah, like, not at all. You could build it yourself. And I, you're right. They're a great example of that. And even probably, you know, Focus Lab being totally. much bigger. But what they've probably done with their culture and everything is they've done their own version of what this started from. And, and don't forget, it always starts from one or two, like let's say. And then there's that slow growth when it comes to adding on these folks. So I think the best takeaway really, or the, how we can sum it up is finding the one opportunity that you could try it out at least see how it works, but take it to the level you feel you need. Like there's no expectations. I think uh, a lot of times it's, it's, it's you, maybe it could be your ego just saying I should be this bigger entity and I should have five or six people. No, it's, it's don't, don't go off the rails. Just use it to your advantage to take on more. And, and I think also too, you, you find a new found enjoyment for your, your projects again, you know? Yeah, totally. With the help. Isn't it great to have somebody else? Like when you're sleeping, you could have somebody else like be working on the project. Oh my God. (laughs) It's the best feeling in the world. Is that weird? Like I'll just get Trello notifications on my phone when we're all sitting on a Friday at 9 PM or after enjoying a movie. And I'm like, (laughs) and, and I start to feel guilty. And, nope. but, but no, cause you remember what it was like when oh, you yeah. were there and you just, that was when you yeah. thrived best. Exactly. It was after dinner and with music cranked and yeah, I get it. So, 
It's interesting. Yeah. And I, right now is the perfect time, probably even more so because like we were talking about the idea of like how it has to happen. So virtually we've mm-hmm. all just gotten a crash course in virtual lesson for the last year with yeah. whoever you are. Right. And so maybe like, I think we have these tools to make collaborations that are virtual, even more successful um, for those folks that might be a little bit hesitant to try it, you know, look at the tools that even just zoom has or any else, any other thing that you're using, I know. the whole world is being made to be in this collaborative kind of arena. So why not try it like now and see, you know, just test the waters. Totally. Cool. We have homework. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you a little easier said than done. It's important to, to announce that, but I am with you. Good. I think that that's a really good closing statement for the listeners. Exactly. Yes. And speaking of the listeners, we're reinstigating the listener questions thing here. I know we, I was listening to an old episode the other day. I'm like, we haven't asked for listener questions in quite a while. And it's like, so obviously we'd, you know, that's why we're here. We'd love to get as many as possible from you guys. And there's a really cool, unique way to do it. When you go to our, our uh, website and you hit the one, uh, if you stream it through the anchor app or anywhere, there is a little button that says, leave a message. And you could even do, even do it on an audio uh, file on your phone or whatever it is, but send us an audio question and, after today, you're going to get front of the line. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> <laughs> the audio ones, that's right. Like mm-hmm. audio ones, you're going to get front of the line for sure. Oh, for and and yeah. secondly, if it has an accent, even more. Those are oh, always dang. the best. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll just be Nick and being Peggy on the phone. This is Nick's assistant, <laughs> Peggy. <laughs> I I have the world knows I have the world's worst. Uh, fake accent because i i can't do any one in particular i just take every accent together yeah. and you sound like the color brown just all the colors just mixed up into <laughs> well our our listener question comes from risa and let's take a quick listen to it hi i'm risa i'm a graphic designer in los angeles and i want to say thank you guys so much for this podcast i truly truly enjoy it and honestly The listener questions are my favorite part. So I have a listener question for you, and maybe you've answered this before, but I'm going full-time freelance. I'm wondering when you are charging by the hour, do you include phone calls and like email time? Um, So like that communication time. When I charge by the project, I tend to build that in. And so I'm starting to get a couple clients who definitely need to be charged by the hour instead of by the project. Um, cause you know how that goes. Um, so I'm just sort of wondering where you get to charge or what you think about charging for that communication time when you're charging by the hour. And anyway, I'm looking forward to your answers. Thanks again for everything you guys are doing and sharing and inspiring. All right. Well, thanks Risa. That was, uh, <laughs> kicking it off with our, our uh, first one of the year. What do you guys think? Um, how do you incorporate the phone calls, the communication and everything, particularly when you do have to kind of work with a client that wants an hourly? Or So they want an hourly or you're already in this value base. You've got the contract. You're so already you're in that in it, hourly like base with Correct. These hourly tasks. You yeah. Know, honestly, I try to bake that into the project value base like i try to like if i'm gonna you know because i'm still calculating how long that's gonna take even if i'm not sending them hourly pricing like if if it's value based like it's contributing a lot of different stuff in that equation and definitely a lump of that will be like 
calls, emails, stuff like that, how long that's going to take. But that can also be a gamble. Like, I, I, I'm not one. I don't know about you guys, but, like, I've never really, like, just started charging for that unless it's, like, really agreed upon or we are hourly. But part of the reason I don't like hourly is because I don't want the client to, like, not reach out for a lot of things if they think they're going to get billed for, like, a phone call. That's I don't a great know. point. That's a tough one, though. It is a tough one. Like, it's situational, and there's it's sort of a gamble. There's risk, It is a tough one. This I was just, I was just telling... I was just thinking out loud that, that I think that this has some discrepancy, but at, at, on the other hand, time yeah. is money. Yeah. So I do appreciate knowing Jordan and you sharing that you try to bake it in. I, I have actually had some line items that just say incidentals because sometimes you Dude, don't fucking yeah. know. That's you right. don't even yeah. know. Best word. Trouble, yeah. Troubleshooting. Incidentals is a good word. Everyone write that um, down, by the way. That's really good. Yeah. It is good. That's perfect. <laughs> troubleshooting collaboration further collaboration that's needed with some point of contact that was not included at yeah. kickoff for example sometimes that happens even so yeah i think it's i think it's important um and i've started including project management line items into estimates that's the way i the that's the way i tackle it is project management and i give them that option up front because it's like do you want me to be i become becoming that with every project that it seems like you're working on. So why not, just like you separate everything else, try to separate the project management thing from it. Um, the one, when, when I had to do this recently with a client and they wondered what those like incidentals were or whatever it was, I told them, well, it's technically, it's the email, the phone, and let's call it, you know, the video conferencing as well too, because I used it to the advantage now that we're doing it. It seemed like Every client now, we, we're not even doing phone calls anymore. We, there's this default to just go to Zoom. And, you know, I, I, I did use that as the example and say, you know, these are, this does add up. It, it, sometimes it adds up to five to six hours, you know, in, in a two-week period, let's say, or whatever it was. And so uh, this is collaborative time. We're not spending time together. It could be more because I could be traveling to see you. You, you know what I mean? And that, particularly in LA, it uh, it could be a two hour thing for just a thirty minute you know conversation. Mm. So I'm I'm trying to show the advantage that we're doing here as well. But I would try to just be as honest as possible with them because then you are open to that. If the project really requires it, great. But if it doesn't, then you're not adding those hours. And the, so in a way, they if they see it. The proof's going to be there. They're going to be like, yeah, I, I've spent a lot of time on the phone with Risa this this last week. That's That makes sense. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I guess that's true. Like situational projects too. Like Because mm -hmm. I think if you do do this enough, like you kind of know where these spots of communication are going to be, right? Like if my client's yeah. just calling me to check in every couple of days, like that's what well, <laughs> pricing aside, like, yeah, then maybe if that's something that's very valuable to them, they want to know what I'm doing. Like we should probably have a conversation about like how long this takes and then this sort of incidental charges but like yeah i think for these check-ins you're gonna have to have communication so that should be baked into that process and you should know yep. or i guess you i agree your I goal agree should be like you. you should know how long it takes you to kind of do those you have your check-ins you have your proposal you have your timeline yes chunk in how many emails you think that might take these are calculations yeah. you do internally i don't i'm not you don't have to necessarily bulletize these out to the right yes right Definitely call right. for that. Oh, I would have really benefited from <laughs> back in the day, right? Because think about when you when you ask someone to come and do something, look at something, uh, something around the house or whatever. There's always that uh, estimate. There's always that like, hey, there's a fee to come out, whatever, because that's a big part of their day. And and so again, like just trying to we, I, I love the idea of like making sure we're we're doing everything we can to kind of 
put the weight behind the fact that we are a professional thing joining your team and in some way. So these things don't come free a lot of times. That's where we are doing most of the communication, if not all now via phone and email. So I think if, if someone has a problem with it, then again, maybe you're just not as available as you would to the client that is cool right. with it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Right. That's a tough one because then it all yeah. falls on email and then that could even be, oh, dude, yeah, don't even get me started on <laughs> efficient phone calls and non-efficient phone calls. I can't control I them. I know. <laughs> I know. You just go with the flow, right? Yeah. Super good question. I know. I, I I hope we've given you some really good. some advice there, and let us know how it's going. Like, love a follow up. Then we can always have them come on and give us a, a second audio of how it is going. Right? Yeah. Were we good? <laughs> yeah. I mean, give us <laughs> give us the unnecessary check ins. Waste our time. We're not exactly. charging by hour. Give us a call. Leave yeah, we're not going to charge for these phone calls. These <laughs> <That's messages. right>. <laughs> <laughs> But thanks so much, Risa, for uh, sending out that. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Again, if you have any questions you want to add, best thing to do is just go to DGDC pod on Instagram. Our link tree has a link to every little possible spot there. Um, you can find us anyway, get in that audio question and we'll put it into our next episode. Sound good. Sounds awesome. all right, guys. Well, thanks for this one, Mikel. This was a good one to spearhead for sure. I think we've all learned and uh, hopefully everyone will take a a little risk. Yeah, we went way past an hour. I'm so glad we were all yeah. able yeah. to. That's great. And the AirPods are hey. still <laughs> <laughs> just in time for the new release coming out this month. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> always oh, happens, man. right? The battery oh, always man. starts failing right, right when the new ones start like going out. <laughs> Damn Apple. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening. Uh, again, appreciate you guys and all your kind words on Instagram and everywhere else. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>